Good morning, Agape family. I hope all of you are well. It's wonderful Palm Sunday. And I'd like to challenge you today to put love in action. Put love in action. And we're going to go to the book of Luke. Let's say grace over this little snack I have prepared for you. Heavenly Father, I just commit myself, this word, and our moments to you. Please help me to stay within my boundary. But let me get the point across, please, Lord, that you want to make tonight, today. Thank you for covering me and covering us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Luke chapter 15, I like to call that in the New Testament, the lost and found chapter. There's a lost sheep, there's a lost coin, and then there's what they say, the parable of the lost son. So I'm going to be doing two things at once, and I, once, and I think we can do this together. First and foremost, I'm going to I'm going to be asking you to imagine something and to picture something. But as I said, first and foremost, when I want you to take a look at something. Maybe you knew this, but you know, when Jesus was getting ready to share information or give a parable, he was very clear on what he was going to be talking about. And I happened to notice when I looked at Luke 15, I've always focused on that son that ran, you know, went off and did his own thing, the lost son. But Jesus had a point he was going to make. Take a look at Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. Can someone, when you look at that, how many sons does he mention? Two. He mentioned two sons. Yes, he mentions two sons. And and so be aware, this parable is not about one son. This parable is about two sons. All right, now let's go, let's go in our imagination. We're going to an art gallery. We're going to the Agape Holy Ghost Museum, or uh, what is it? We have the Philadelphia Art Museum, the Agape Art Museum. And we're going to go and see some portraits on the wall from Luke 15. All right, let's get these imaginations fired up. In the first portrait, can you imagine a young man, a picture of a young man walking down a road, leaving behind him? There's this beautiful, gorgeous house, grounds. Everything is really nice. He's got designer luggage. I don't even know what his stuff looks like, but he's going down the road. He might have been, he might not have been walking, but we, if that's the case, for those of you who are really grand, you might see him getting into his roles to drive off. But I, I'm kind of stuck in the Bible. So I see him walking away and getting himself away, but he's leaving. Can you see him leaving? So we see a picture of this young man. He's leaving. Now take a look at the second picture. Time to move over to the second portrait. It's slightly different. We're back at that house. There's no Bentley. There's no Rolls. There's no luggage. We see a, somebody looking like a street person, somebody that Barnabas ministry ministers to. I think it's the young man kind of dragging he's not laying on the ground but he's he's kind of dragging getting himself walking only because he looks like he's weak and he's walking up the path 
and 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 he's going and you see him see him going that's this our second our our second portrait the third one oh my goodness you see an older gentleman holding this young man in his arms and you see a a beautician and a and the chauffeur, you see all these people kind of coming out of the house, looking like they're going to help the father who's this older gentleman who's holding this young, tattered young man. And then there's another picture. There's one more picture. And that is, you see a handsome young man, like with his back kind of turned and you see that same father talking to this rather handsome young man, but he seems to be turning away from this older gentleman. And then, and you, and he looks like he's really pleading with him. Now, when you read Luke 15, you find that the young man said, give me my inheritance. I'm going to do my thing. Fell on hard times. Times got rough. He didn't have anything. And he wound up working for someone and he was so hungry, but they wouldn't feed him. He couldn't even eat the pig slop. So he thought about his father and said, I'm going home. My, I, I was wrong. And I'm going to tell my father I was wrong. And he doesn't have to let me come and be his son. I'm just going to be a servant in this house. At least I'll get something to eat. And the father surprised him, as you saw in your, in your portrait of this man holding his son the Bible says he ran when he saw his son, he he kissed him and he called for his servants to come and put a robe on him, ring on him, restore him to his sonship. Never mind that he spent his inheritance. But there's another thing going on. And not only that, he gives a big party, but there's something else. The uh, His older son comes, I didn't say younger and older and I should have. The, the son that ran away was younger. The oldest son comes home after a hard day's work. Now, if the father was very wealthy in modern times, we could say he was a broker that had this fabulous home. The son rolls up and he hears all this party music and it's like, this is a big bash going on. And what is going on but that his father is having a party, a big wing do for his son his younger son, and the oldest son is fit to be tied. You never gave me a party. And the father's like, please come into the party. That's why he's kind of turned away and the father is, is entreating him. And so we see his response. You never did this for me. And the father says, look, everything I have is yours. You're always with me. I did everything you said. And you, I know, please come into the party. No, I'm not coming into that. Please, your brother was lost and now he's found. And so there's that entreating. So we don't know. We, we don't know if he went in or he didn't. We just see the picture there. Now there's another portrait. And I want you to go look at that portrait on the Agape Museum wall. Because it's a mirror. And I want to see what your response is to this. With the younger son, look at what love had to overcome. A spirit and attitude of rebellion and pride, 
a spirit and attitude of, I don't want to say self-pity, but being so low, low self-esteem, attitude of resentment and bitterness. Any of you have any of those feelings? Any of you acted that way in your life or do still have those feelings and act that way? God's not doing for you what he's doing for others. And you know, I might not even be comparing. You might be saying, why are you making me go through what you're making me go through like this, God? But have you noticed that no matter what your attitude, let's go back to when you didn't know the Lord. Remember how you used to be? And the only reason I'm saying go back because of the joy you felt when you came to him. That's really what I want you to get to. Like that dear younger son who found out that what he did in his past didn't make any difference to his father. How many of us know that? What we did and how we were made no difference to our father. He wanted us. He loves us. But because we are human beings, we're like that. Oh, when we, what is it? We get, we're saved. The term sanctification, attitudes and ways of being, they need to be changed so to reflect the presence of the love of God in our lives. And so we get angry, we're resentful, we compare, we, we just have an attitude, whatever that attitude might be. But the father figure in this shows us like God our father, he overcomes bitterness and resentment and pride and self-importance and all the things that make you become lost and need to be found again. His business is making you be found. And what activates that is the love. Can you see yourself this morning? Please see yourself in the warm embrace of the Father. And if you don't like what you see about the attitudes in the mirror, let's do something about it. Love God enough to trust him to change you and let him do it. Amen. Amen. God bless.